Check out my new show, Nicola Talent Presents Getting Away With Murder, live at Liberty Hall on September 20th. Brought to you by MCD. Tickets on sale at ticketmaster.ie. It's actually a classic, maybe very much a tragic story of how someone gets sucked into these drugs gangs. Yes, in total it was 2.7 million euro worth of cocaine and cannabis. The damage was done. It, it was the end of his very promising sporting career. He had been exposed to very serious criminals and had become a drug addict. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. He might appear to be just another drug dealer passing through the courts after being nabbed with a consignment of cocaine and cannabis. But the story of Patrick Casey tells more about the criminal underworld than most. A rising football and hurling star, his life was derailed through a drug habit. And later, when he was jailed for his crimes, he met up with prolific figures in the underworld behind bars. Today, I'm talking with Irish independent crime correspondent Ken Foy on the jailing of Casey and how his past mistakes finally caught up with him. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Ken, I found this story about Patrick Casey interesting because it sort of sits in the middle of a lot of chaos in gangland and really it just shows how all sorts of people can be caught up in it and caught out in the fallout of dangerous individuals and people going to war with one another. But um, it's also sort of shows, look, Patrick Casey's been jailed for nine years for, he was caught with 2.7 million worth of drugs. For many people, the headline ends there, but actually the story behind it is quite interesting. He started off as a promising young footballer and hurler Um just tell me a little bit about his background that we heard in court. Yeah, Nicola. Well, in, in many ways, the Patrick Casey story starts um, a, good, a good bit before um, last week's court hearing when he was sentenced to nine mm-hmm. years in jail. It's actually a classic, maybe very much a tragic um, story of how someone gets sucked into um, these drugs gangs. He was a very, apparently, uh, a very promising um my um, hurling player who played for Dublin at a minor level on, on what at the time was a very good team. And he also played football for Shelburne and was, again, believed to be an excellent soccer player. Uh, but somehow he got involved in drugs. And back, he was only, I think he was only about 18. He, he's from Marino originally. But back in 2006, um, Gardaí uncovered uh, a large enough consignment of of cannabis on railway lines in the Colester area and basically uh, an ID card linked to um, Patrick Casey was found when the the guards made a discovery on the railway tracks and his home was raided um, and he took full responsibility for for this drug haul, which wasn't of the bigger, a a huge amount either. Um, He had no previous convictions at the time took full responsibility and said the reason he had he had uh, dumped the drugs there was he didn't want them near his family home. Um, 
So the following year, he was he was nineteen. He received a very for someone who had no previous convictions and had cooperated as much as he could have with the Garda investigation. He got a very very hefty sentence. He got eight years an eight year sentence with two years suspended. So it was an effectively a six year jail sentence. Now this is a guy. Um, he he went into the prison system then and where he had a bit of a drugs problem, he ended up becoming a drug addict. And also while he was in there, um, became associated with more serious North Dublin criminals than he would he would have been um, exposed to on the outside. So in his case, the year after, the, the severity of the sentence, the six-year sentence, the, the effective six-year sentence was appealed and essentially halved. But in many ways, the damage was done. It, it was the end of his very promising sporting career. Um, he'd been exposed to very serious criminals and had become a drug addict because, because of this um, jailing. And I suppose that's in many ways where, they, where the story starts in relation to this, I'd say, unfortunate young man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, parents always think that if you keep the kids involved in sport, you're, you know, maybe keeping them away from... Um, drugs and other other aspects that can can kind of knock them off the right path and also teenagers make really poor decisions it's just every teenager does we all did and it's to try and steer them through that uh, until they sort of their brain develops maybe into something that doesn't take such risks but it is unfortunate that he got caught up so early and as he's coming out of jail, then, as you say, he's getting involved in more serious criminals. I mean, you're talking the most serious criminal probably in the area, the man we call Mr. Big. Yes, who, as you know, Nicola, is still very, very highly active um, to this current day. He's, his gang is linked to a, a very high profile uh, seizure only a couple of weeks ago in Dublin Airport. So, yes, and at the time, the criminal we call Mr. Big was linked to a num- number of other very, very dangerous criminals, including the now it's since murdered Robbie Lawler and very and various other crime groupings. So um when Mr. Casey got out, he he's he he did start to hang around or he was linked to um a number of very serious and dangerous gangland individuals. Now he was obviously at a level look when you look back even to him taking full responsibility for those drugs. Um, that doesn't happen too often unless somebody's very low down the pecking order. The original charge he was on, where he got the eight-year sentence initially, but um, in by 2014, anyway, he was there was a, a Garda operation put in place targeting Mr. Big's operation, and he was followed. I think in a car, he there was a high-speed chase and. Basically, when the guards caught up with the with the abandoned car, they found some drugs in it and then another huge amount of drugs in his own home. Yes, in total, it was 2.7 million euro worth of cocaine and cannabis. It was a story at the time. Uh, we would have covered it in the Herald and I know the Sunday World also covered it. So um, Casey, was a, he crashed the car and was able to flee. And it's believed mm-hmm. very shortly after that, he made his way to the UK um, originally, in the weeks, I suppose, in the, in the immediate aftermath of this seizure, there had been speculation and there had been certain concerns that, in fact, and it shows you just how ruthless this particular gang are, 
that um, mm. Casey could have been actually murdered because of lo- losing such a huge amount of drugs. And it, it was a very it was one of the biggest drug seizures of 2014. Uh, it was the Kulak Drugs Unit at the time where were the people um, who carried out the guard operation, but um, it quickly tra- then trans- transpired that he was actually uh, alive and well in the UK. And um, evidence given in court last week suggested that w- when he went there, um, he turned his life around. He um, weaned himself off drugs, got himself a job, had children, and made a whole new life for himself. And he said also evidence was that he he didn't return here to Ireland because he was in fear of Robbie Lawler. Now, many people were. um, And I suppose just, you know, from what we know of that drugs world, there's very few people on the very top of it making all the money and being hands off. Most of the people working around drugs are kind of middlemen, you know, somewhere around the middle. And obviously then you'd have the street dealers and all the rest of it. But for somebody to be holding that amount of, drugs in their car and in their home. That's a huge high risk situation to be in. And they're probably in a million years not getting paid properly for that. You know what I mean? Like Patrick Casey, somebody that's caught transporting and holding all that drug, uh, all that amount of drugs, which, you know, you're facing a huge lengthy prison term if you're caught with that. Like he ain't a boss. No, um, he he's taken the full full risk. Um, it was probably mm-hmm. you know things had moved on from eight, eight years previously when when he you know we when he was first caught with a significant amount of drugs. He to, to, on the other hand to to be in possession of so much drugs um, shows that he he was a trusted member of the organization. Um, he was mm-hmm. you couldn't say he was at the at the lowest level of it um, because. There is a there is an implicit trust in in handling that amount of that amount of product as well. Yeah, but there's also somebody is always the fall guy because whenever these big seizures happen, while it's fantastic, you know, work for the guards when they can bring in people to court, they can take people off the streets, they can break up cells. But in the underworld, there's always a fall guy. There's always somebody who will be to blame, be it for sloppiness or they'll be accused of touting. So Casey has said that he was in fear of Robbie Lawler um, and that's why he remained in the UK for so long. He only returned, I think, to Ireland after Robbie Lawler was murdered in Belfast in April of 2020. Robbie Lawler was indeed an extremely feared character. You've written a lot about him. I think you've described him as the ultimate psychopath, gangland psychopath. So just a little bit about Lawler and why somebody like Casey could be so scared as to never return home because of him. Well, Robbie Lawler was absolutely notorious. He was very, extremely volatile um, and a very violent ind- individual. He had well over 100 previous convictions. So he had a very much fearsome uh, reputation, particularly in, the, in that North Dublin area. Um, Casey would have known all about him, all about his violence. Like even in the particular time frame back in 2014, there, there was a seizure of bullets in the Kulak area in which... Um, some some of the detect there was the names of some detectives that were investigating um, Lawler put, placed near these bullets as well. It was seen as a threat. It just showed you he was he was a very very violent indivi- individual, and he he's um, he went on to be linked to at least three um, other murders, and that included mm. um, D- David Lynch. Uh, sorry, David Lynch would have happened before before then. 
but also then afterwards when he had a, f- a serious falling out with his former associates in the Mr. Big gang, he became the chief suspect for the murder of Kenneth Finn. And then after he was released from serving a couple of years in jail back in December 2019, he became heavily involved in the feud and Gardy believe he was um, one of the one of the key um, people involved in the murder, gruesome murder of Kimo Reedy Woods uh, back in January 2020. Yeah, in the period we're talking about, he sort of bulldozed his way through the underworld, Robbie Lawler, and created a huge amount of fear around it. It's interesting to see this case and the evidence coming that will show that back in March 2014, Mr Biggs' operation and Robbie Lawler were clearly working together um, that Robbie Lawler had some financial interest in that in that consignment of drugs, as did the Mr. Big operation. So they were obviously, you know, in business together and they were, you know, to do that, uh, they'll have there had to be a bit of trust there. That all fell apart in the years after. And Kenneth Finn, as you've mentioned, was a, a chief lieutenant of Mr. Big who was murdered believed to have been murdered by Robbie Lawler. That created a very deep-seated and dangerous situation between the two groupings. And when Robbie Lawler was released from prison, of course, there was lots of speculation and fear about what was going to happen. And the worst case scenario did happen. Those two gangs, very powerful organisations, went to war and there was a lot of people caught up in it. The most notorious murder, of course, being the... um, that of Kean Mulready Woods, who was dismembered and whose body parts were left around Dublin, uh, you know, as a as a threat in a, in a way as well to to Lawler's rival gang in the in the Mister Big operation. But Robbie Lawler kind of came a cropper the way many of these very volatile people do. Um, April twenty twenty, he went up to Belfast and there was a a double cross. Uh, he was shot dead in Ardoin. And there's a number of people before the courts up in the north in relation to that. Those cases are coming through. But it was a really chaotic time. And, you know, when people like Casey before the courts on such a big drug charge put put forward these, uh, not excuses, but reasons, I suppose, why they were in fear. Sometimes we can tend to snub our noses at it and think that they're just looking for a shorter time in prison. But... I think really when you dig into him and his background and you look at the individuals he's named, that it is a very believable scenario, isn't it? And he certainly didn't seem to have been a powerful player in gangland, Patrick Casey, yet he's the one now with the nine-year sentence back into jail, you know, with all his background, his addiction issues and two young children now left behind. Yes. As I say, it is a very, it's a very tragic case. And, um, by all accounts, he, you know, he comes from a decent family and all that kind of stuff as well. So he's been in custody, actually. So he came back from England in 2020 and um, start, he started living in the north inner city, but was arrested in July of last year and he's been in custody ever since. So he's mm. he's got a, an, a significant number of years, in, even with standard remission, uh, in jail before he's released. I suppose what really didn't work in his favour as well as to have a previous con- conviction for drug dealing, as as we discussed earlier. Of course not. He had become involved in the local GAA club again and um, was obviously trying to escape his past. But, you know, on the other side of the coin, there's also that these things always catch up with people, don't they? I mean, these things do not go away like 
I suppose he, you know, he 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 spent all those years um, in the UK, but at the same time, um, it was always likely that um, his day in court would come. And Ken, finally, what is do you have any idea happening as regards the trials in relation to the Keen Mulready Woods murder? There's two men, Paul Crosby and Jared Cruz, have been charged in relation to it. Obviously, Robbie Lawler is dead, so there's no going to be no charges against a dead man. Um, do you know when those trials are happening or if there's any more happening within that overall investigation? So in relation to the Keen Mulready Woods case, it's, it it was due to be heard earlier this summer, but it, it got adjourned and it's now listed for hearing for January of next year when those two defendants will go on trial. Um, one of them is uh, Cruz is on bail and Crosby is currently in custody. So um, mm. that trial is, is due to take a number of weeks. Um, it'll be actually happening pretty much on the third anniversary of that murder, I suppose, that made international headlines. So there's files have been sent to the DPP in relation to a non- number of other suspects. And actually some of those suspects would be to have close links, would have had close links to Robbie Lawler. And what, what they were arrested for and questioned about is the disposal um, of some of Keemo Reedy Wood's body parts in different locations around the capital's north side, just in the immediate aftermath mm. of the of the terrible murder. So a decision on whether they will face charges or not has has yet to be made. So at the moment, um, there there's two people currently before the courts, and separately in the north, we're in the Robbie Lawler case. It came out in a court hearing only a few weeks ago. The PSNI. Um, have not established who the actual gunman is for the Robbie Lawler case, but there, there are two suspects up there who are not um, considered to have been actually at the scene on the day that um, Lawler was murdered in Belfast. There's two suspects in custody up there charged with his murder. Right, well, we'll have plenty to talk about, so, in the in the future, because we'll revisit all these uh, cases and aspects of this story. Um So look, for the moment, Ken Foy, thank you very much. Thanks very much, Nicola. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.